Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Welcome to month five of our Digging Deep, the 10 study. We're beginning the year 2021. Our commandment this month is honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I'm sure if you have already started the lesson, you've come to the point where you've looked up what the Hebrew word for honor there is. And if you were along with us last year on our study, this is a familiar word to you, but it serves to show us the gravity of command number five, the weight of command number five. And I don't think it really takes us very long to see the weight of that command if we think back about month number four, especially our Ezekiel 20 study from last month. You remember if you were along with us that in Ezekiel chapter 20, there were some things, three things actually, that God kept repeating that the people of Israel there had ignored and that were was actually they had ignored the statutes of God they had not looked forward to his judgments or his punishments his uh, promised um, discipline if they weren't observing his statutes and thirdly they failed to keep his holy sabbath those three things we kept hearing about and then the result of that was not only idolatry but it was the extent of idolatry that provoked the people of god to actually offer their own children as sacrifices to idols telling us here that if we fail to observe the statutes and judgments of the lord And then if we fail to spend time in our homes reflecting on what the Lord has done for us and how important it is to keep those judgments, then we end up away from God. And actually, in our spiritual Israel today, when we don't spend time in our homes teaching our children what God has done for us and how we must keep the statutes of the Lord, when we don't do that in our homes, then we metaphorically offer our children to idols as well. Actually, we give up our children to material things, to entertainment, to things of this world, to things that are not eternal, but things that are temporal. When we fail to, in our homes, put God in the hearts of our children, we do, in a sense, give them over to those modern-day idols. We allow our children, as it were, to, quote, pass through the fire, as we read about in Ezekiel chapter 20. So our lesson this time is about how exactly we honor our own parents, Is this just a command for children or is this a command for adults as well? We had a lot of uh, of material about elder care for our parents, so I want us to look at that this month. But then we come down to question number seven, and it says, read Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 5 and copy here the repeated command that was originally given in Exodus chapter 20. 
And then it goes on to tell us that according to Deuteronomy 6, parents have the responsibility to teach their children these very statutes from Exodus 20. Then it asks you to give some practical ideas, suggestions, and resources that parents can use to put this honor in the hearts of their children. This is a pertinent group discussion. So I want to begin this group discussion of practical suggestions that we can give one another about how to instill this honor for authority, both parental authority and through parental authority, uh, uh, respect for God himself. So how is it that we put that honor for parents and for God in the hearts of our children. I want to just get really practical here. And some of this is going to be repetition for some of you. And some of it is going to be things you can apply as grandparents if you did apply them when you were raising your own children. Or if you fail to do that, you can still do this, some of these things with your grandchildren and they and you will reap great benefits. Now, I would like for this not to be a monologue really here, although uh, technically it's going to have to be a monologue, but if you would send me your best ideas for, you can uh, Facebook me these, you can email me these at byhcontest at gmail.com, byhcontest at gmail.com, you can email me those, you can text me those, you can Facebook me those, but if you give me ideas that I haven't thought of, then throughout the month we'll be sharing those and maybe uh, probably saving lots of yours, hopefully, for the final video podcast. So just be thinking about, as I'm going through some of my suggestions, you be thinking about yours as well. Some of this, let me just say, some of this will be something you've already heard me say because it's uh, the first suggestion that I have especially is one that I tend to just harp on, but I do that without apology because I believe it is so very important. You've probably already guessed. My first suggestion is that you have a time when your little family assembles every single day in your home to study the scriptures or to make a practical application from the scriptures. I would encourage you to sing, to develop programs of memory work, to get into the text of the Bible, and then to make pra practical application during those family Bible times. I would encourage you to make it short when your children are very young and it will grow into something that will be more focused and a bit longer as your children get older. You can call this family Bible time. You can call it your family devotional. You can call it story time. That's what we called it in our house. But every single night we had a spiritual focus before our children went to bed. You don't have to do it at night, but I suggest it because there's nothing better to go to bed and go to sleep on than having God's Word freshly in your mind when you fall asleep. We know that as adults. It's a very peaceful and calming thing when we close our day with the Bible and with prayer. 
So family Bible time. I would suggest to you that two things will make it work for you in your home so that you'll be able to do it long term. And the first one is regularity. That is, you don't start skipping nights. If you skip nights for any reason, and I'm going to put him in quotation marks here, excuse, if you start skipping nights, then pretty soon your family Bible time will in all likelihood have just fallen by the wayside and you won't be doing it anymore. I've heard so many parents uh, testify to this very fact. Well, we just skipped one night and then it became convenient to skip another night in the... Um, not too distant future and pretty soon we skipped a couple of nights a week and then pretty soon we weren't doing it at all i want to encourage you to be very consistent about this more consistent than than you are about brushing your children's teeth at night you know your children can go to heaven without any teeth but they can't go to heaven without a knowledge of the scriptures so i would encourage you to to make this a regular thing. And then the next thing I wanted to say, and you've probably heard me say this before, is to make it an informal thing. Now, if dad sits in the same chair and reads from the King James Version, I love the King James Version, usually use it, but if dad's sitting in the same chair reading from the King James Version every night, this is not going to be too interesting to your two, three, four, even five-year-old. And sometimes, yes, even teenagers. It's not going to have the same punch, spiritual punch that you want it to have as it will if you get informal. For two and three and four-year-olds, they love, love, love little games, little competitions. And you're not going to have a competition every night, but I would say at least once a week you'll want to have a game night so that you can uh, test the... Uh, learning capacities of your children. You can figure out how much they've retained from what you've talked about that week. Uh, we turned every game just about into a family Bible time game. I was talking to my kids earlier this week and one of my granddaughters got a cooties game for Christmas and they she wants to play cooties before they go to bed for Bible time every night now she begs to do that you gotta answer a question before you get to and I really don't know about that game I'm sorry but I think it's putting together some kind of cooties insects and so you you have to answer a Bible question before you get to add your body part to this animal maybe to this insect maybe that's what it is I'm not really sure I need to catch up on what she calls it cootie bodies and so I need to catch up on what that really is. But I remember Candyland was a Bible game. You had to answer a question from the red jar if you drew red before you could take your turn. Shoots and Ladders was a Bible time game, even puzzles. You can't put your puzzle piece in until you can answer the question. And you get uh, asked five-year-olds, five-year-old questions and two-year-olds, you can make theirs simpler questions, but make sure they have the same number of puzzle pieces in each of their puzzles and the first one that can get their puzzle together and maybe even with help from an, an adult is the winner and yes there were always prizes my kids still know where my prize closet is and that's what those little prizes that you get in cereal and in your happy meals that's what those are for save those up for bible time uh, dollar general and dollar tree wonderful places to buy very inexpensive 
um, prizes for family Bible time. We even have a joy jar at my house and it's full of tiny little prizes. When I find things that I'm sometimes about to throw away and I think, wait a minute, that's a keychain that one of the kids would really like if I put a set of keys on it or maybe I'm about to throw away uh, some kind of Christmas decoration from the Christmas tree that really has uh, a character on it that one of my kids would like to have in her little treasure box. And so all those things go in the joy jar and my kids love, love, love the joy jar. If we win this Bible time game, can we get something out of the joy jar? And so um, family Bible time needs to be age oriented and it needs to be fun for whatever age you're you're appealing to. I remember one time we had a checkerboard floor at one of our houses out in the sunroom and we would put the children back to back in the middle of that floor and ask them questions and if they got the question right they got to move a square just like in checkers and they moved away from each other and toward a wall and the first one that could touch a wall was the winner of that game. My son called home when he was a student at Freed Hardeman University and our daughter was still in high school and he called late one night and said, wait a minute, I bet I'm interrupting story time. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, we were having story time. And he said, well, is it a game? And I said, well, I guess it could be a game. And he said, because we were just starting. And he said, well, could I play on the phone? And he actually won the game that night. And he said, mom, you can mail me my prize. And that boy did get that pair of socks in the mail that week because you can't buy that with money. I'm just telling you, it is something that your children will remember. It's um, a memory that will be treasured, but most of all, it's a treasure that they're putting in their hearts that will have eternal dividends. I just really would advise you to, to have a family Bible time every night. We're going to talk about, as we progress through this in other digabits, we're going to talk about some other ideas for things that you can do at family Bible time. But I would just say for tonight, let's just be sure that we are doing it regularly and that we are making it age appropriate and fun. When your children get older into middle school, it's really fun to do a lot of projects as a part of family Bible time. It's really fun when they get into high school to challenge them, pretend that you're having a Bible study and that you're a non-Christian and see if they can teach you the plan of salvation. Argue with them, throw out arguments against baptism or uh, for, let's say, uh, um, maybe you might want to throw out some arguments for predestination or premillennialism or atheism and let them try to teach you. That's a really good exercise for teen family Bible time. Sometimes, I remember one night uh, I called Hannah, her father and I called her for story time and she said, but I'm on the computer right now and I'm texting back and forth with, and she named this little fellow that was in theater with her and she said, and we're talking about baptism and I'm trying to teach him the plan of salvation. And she said, so I can't come right now. And she said, wait a minute, could you come in here for story time and you can help me text him. You can help me think of passages. You know what? That is the kind of corroboration that you want to have going with your teenagers. You want to be 
on that page with them. And if you are having a family Bible time every night, I'll just promise you this. When your teenagers get to be, when your children get to be teenagers, then that's the time it will become most valuable because they'll bring your, their spiritual questions to you. They'll bring their questions that are of a moral nature to you. They'll bring their questions about sexuality, about homosexuality, about denominationalism, about atheism, about transgenderism. They'll bring all of those issues to you and it'll be perfectly normal for them to open up to you about those things as the parent because they can't remember a time when there wasn't spiritual, moral discussion going on in your home. And it'll just feel natural to them. That's what you really want. You want your children to come to you for the answers about spiritual and moral dilemmas. We live in a world that is attacking their morality. It's attacking their very beliefs in God. And I'm telling you what, if we're not putting our homes on a schedule of family Bible times, if we're not very careful, we'll let those opportunities slip by and we won't be defending our protecting our children against what the devil is doing out there in the world. He is doing it with all of his might. He is making young people feel stupid for believing in the Bible, believing in God. He is attacking their faith in a very academic, in an academic arena, let me say. He's doing it in words that will come through their professors mouths when they get to college and sometimes their teachers in middle school and high school will be spouting off this information certainly their textbooks will our children are grow up, growing up in a world that in which the the very foundation of textbook truth is atheism is darwinian evolution we really as parents have to go to work we have to do double duty we have to get up early and stay late if we want to counter all that our children all of those bullets that the children that the devil is shooting at our children you know even if your children are homeschooled you know, sometimes I just, I remember folks saying to me, but you're insulating, you're, you're isolating your children and you're insulating them against the world so that they'll be ill-prepared to face what the devil's going to dish out to them as they leave your home. That is absolutely nonsensical because he will not let your children alone even if you are homeschooling them. There will Now you will be, it is true, you will have more control. It is true that there will be some spiritual, much more, there might be much more spiritual protection for them. You might be uh, doing double duty as a parent and you might be protecting them well, even in a public school or private school setting. But I'm telling you, no matter where you're educating your children, the devil is going to get to them with temptation and with a lie that is based on materialism. He is going to get to them with, a, with several big lies. And one is that there is no God. Another is that... Um, material wealth brings true contentment uh, there are several huge lies that the devil will present to your children and i'm just telling you 
if you put yourself on a schedule that you promise yourself that you're going to have a family Bible oriented time every single day that you will be doing something that will be um, concrete it'll be very practical and it will open doors as your children become teenagers to help you keep those communication lines open just I want to tell you that as my children grew into adulthood and my children are not perfect and I know that I would be foolish to declare that my children would always be faithful but I pray that they will uh, they are faithful now and they are I believe committed to being faithful I know that the devil is strong but I, I'm gonna tell you that both of my children when I ask them or when anyone asks them what it is in childhood that helped them to preserve faith that would see them through the storms of life both of them will always say that in the top three things at least that family Bible time was very very important we're going to give some more ideas about resources and about things that we can do in family Bible time before we close I just want to throw out one idea for this dig a bit number one and that is the advanced Bible reader advanced Bible reader and you can find this on apologeticspress.org many of you already familiar with it you're already using it but if you're bringing up kids I would really advise you to go to apologeticspress.org and just type in advanced Bible reader this is similar to the programs in public schools where children read books and then they're given little quizzes over them and they can move on once they've learned the important things from books that they've read there's a, a lot of books that have um, well these these are books of the Bible and your children are reading and then they're taking quizzes over books of the Bible according to a 2014 Barna group survey 46% of Americans are not even reading their Bibles half of all Americans feel that the Bible discourages prostitution homosexual or same-sex relationships pornography and gambling meaning that roughly half of all Americans don't think the Bible discourages those things well that's because they're not reading the Bible over half and I'm getting this from the AP website over half cannot correctly name the first five books of the Bible half of Americans don't agree with the idea that the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life 22 percent of Americans believe that Noah was married to Joan of Arc or they aren't sure whether he was or not and 36 percent believe that Sodom and Gomorrah were married or not, or are not sure whether they were or not and 52% of them believe that John the baptizer was one of the apostles. I'm just telling you that our children are today, unlike the days back uh, when our children were doing the McGuffey readers in another century, unlike that, today our children are growing up in a society that is void of Bible knowledge. 29% of Americans believe that the moral decline in America is due to a lack of Bible reading. 
only a fourth. Well, what can we do about that? Well, there is one thing you can do. You can help put it in your children. This, you can help put in your children the statutes and judgments of the Lord. And you can within your dwelling place, as we read about in Leviticus during last month's study, you can teach the children what God has done for them and what it means to observe His commandments to honor both you as parents and God as the ultimate authority. I'm telling you, they won't honor God if they don't honor you. So I just, that is one idea that is a wonderful idea for older kids for family Bible time, apologeticspress.org. And it is the Advanced Bible Reader. More ideas to come. Send me your ideas. I would love to include them at some time this month, either in a digabit or in our video podcast, maybe in one of the blogs. Just send me your ideas, and we will make this month very practical in teaching our children to honor father, mother, and because of that honor, to honor the ultimate authority of God. Thanks, and I hope you're having a great day.